Friday on CityCast Madison. It's Thursday, so of course, we're dishing on Madison's food scene. Is it time yet? Time for that beautiful aroma of holiday baking to bless our homes? Pies and latkes, please. It certainly is time for one local home cook, our friend Cap Times food editor, Lindsay Christians. She's obsessed with cookbooks, and it's utterly delightful. So, knowing her expertise, me and exec producer Molly Stentz decide to ask Lindsay for her top recs for new and classic cookbooks. Get ready for some good gift ideas, y'all. It's Thursday, December 7th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Lindsay, hello. Hello. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Molly. Hey. Hello, hello. All right. Now, we are having this conversation because, Lindsay, last time we talked to you, cookbooks came up and you got so excited. Like, it was like, wait, we need to talk about cookbooks. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the time for cooking and baking and holiday gatherings. So it's the biggest cookbook month of the year, easily. Right. Like this is when people who are not cookbook people the rest of the year become cookbook people. (laughs) <laughs> and this might be my moment after this conversation. I'm already like a teeny bit in, but I know like when I talk to people who are this into it, it makes me excited. How many cookbooks do you own? A gazillion. Because they're behind <laughs> you right now. Like I see them behind you. <laughs> oh, this isn't even most of them. Um, there's like huge, a huge built-in bookshelf that my husband built me in the main living room that is just floor to ceiling. And floor to ceiling. I'm very specific about the cookbooks that I want because I want cookbooks that mostly I'm going to use. But then there are also like the nostalgic ones that you can't get rid of. Like my grandmother's like Betty Crocker cookie book that's like held together with duct tape. I will always have that, you know, so people get cookbooks for a variety of reasons. I mostly want them to be useful. So I don't collect them in like a historical sense. I want to make things. Molly, what about you? Because you love cookbooks, too. How many cookbooks are in your house? Okay, so I have been thinking about this a lot because I have been Marie Kondoing lately. I have been paring down the things that I have collected over the years, and cookbooks are one of them, most definitely. And asking myself, not not just does it spark joy, but like, when's the last time I actually used this thing? <laughs> you know, I bought it. Maybe I used it at one point in my life, but... I don't feel like I've touched this in a while. Maybe I should let somebody else enjoy this and discover it. So I've been actually giving away some of my cookbooks. That's That's a a good idea. It's a good thing to do, especially if they're just, they're not sparking joy. Right. (laughs) If they're collecting dust, um, I'll say I've got seven. (laughs) I counted them, which I'm like pretty proud about. I'm just at the very beginning here. Uh, But the discussion about use, and I don't even use all of them. So So there's already this discussion about use for the cookbooks is big. Like, Lindsay, why would you buy a cookbook when you've got the internet or New York Times cooking? I actually have some strong feelings about this. When you go to a cookbook, you are looking for something specific, ideally, right? If you are just looking for a recipe like how long to roast squash, the internet's got you, right? It'll be faster. If you are looking to 
have something that you know is like trusted and vetted. That's one reason I love cookbooks. So it's why you would read a restaurant review instead of just going to Yelp, right? Because the source is trusted. The other reason that I like my cookbooks is because the best ones have a voice. So someone like Melissa Clark, for example, she has been developing recipes for, I think, decades now. She is someone who's never going to have you use three pans when you could use one. She is someone who's never going to have you buy like a lot of an expensive ingredient and use a teaspoon. She is someone who understands how people cook, right? So it's a trusted source. And absolutely blogs can be that too. If you like have a relationship with like Love and Lemons and like that's the one that you love. Molly just lifted up her Love and Lemons book. I was going to say, we're a Love and Lemons fans. I don't have a book, but I I like the blog. But but yeah, so something where it's going to be tested, there's going to be the author's voice as part of it. It is a way, at least for me, to explore foods of different cultures that are not my own and to cook them in my own home in a way that it has been adapted specifically for a home cook. Um, but but also, too, to just step away from my computer a little bit. <laughs> like one of the things that I love about cooking is that I'm not looking at a screen and yes. I don't want to be looking at a screen when I'm cooking. I want to be experiencing the color and the smell and the texture of everything. And you're tasting as you go. You're using different senses. We spend so much time in front of our computers. Cookbooks to me are an invitation out of that. So true. All of us are like, yes, preach. <laughs> Look away from the screen. <laughs> this is my struggle, though. It's like, okay, all of the things you said, yes. But searchability, I just, I want the the analog medium, the physical copy, the thing you can spell sauce on and it doesn't matter. And it's just going to make you re- remember the last time you made that thing. But I want to be able to find things really fast. And when you have a lot of different books and you, some of them you barely remember and it's like, oh, I have this ingredient and I want a recipe that's going to use it. And I could just like do a few keystrokes on the internet and boom, find one. That's my struggle is like, do I want to spend a half hour or an hour like perusing a dozen different books to find where that recipe was? Because I can't remember which book it was in. So a couple ideas about that. One is meal planning and like actually giving yourself like whatever, half an hour on a weekend or something to actually plan some meals for the week. Then you are probably less likely, right, to be like, oh, I got to use up this fennel. What am I going to do? That actually happened to me the other day. And I was like, I know that I have a couple of books here that are likely to have fennel in it. Sure enough, Barefoot Contessa came through the original cookbook, <laughs> still from like three or something. That cookbook had a great recipe for potato fennel soup. That was my lunch yesterday. So there, are, I think knowing some of the cookbooks that you have or like knowing where you're likely to go, meal planning is part of that. I will also spend like a week or two with one cookbook or longer sometimes um, where you're just really taking time and like getting to know some of your cookbooks a little bit. I wanted to ask you, Lindsay, um, what book, what cookbook have you been like going back to lately? So a cookbook that I have been cooking out of a lot recently is Molly Boz's More is More. Her first book was called Cook This Book and it was all techniques that you would like do at least two or three times throughout the book. I ended up cooking all 98 recipes in it. <laughs> Not whoa, really on what? purpose at first. What? I just started making them and then I, ca- and I kept finding more than I liked. I think that's a really fun challenge actually for the new year is just to cook an entire book because it, you pick something ideally that has similar flavor profiles that you like 
Like, don't pick something that's like, well, it's a real stretch. Like, pick something that you're already vibing with. And in the case of that book, I'm, you know, okay, well, I'm going to learn how to, you know, poach eggs better or, you know, fry in this specific way and use this kind of sprinkle stuff that she puts on there. Her new book came out a couple of months ago. I'm already about 10 recipes deep. It's really fun cooking through it. What about you, Molly? Where, what have you been reaching for lately? Or catch yourself reaching for? Okay, well, this time of year, I do a lot of baking, you know, cookie baking. It's just the thing. I love making tins for people. I feel like there's all these cookie swaps. and it's You're just a master fun. gift giver. <laughs> I have to let people know. <laughs> I, yeah, I love making like cookie tins for, for folks with all different kinds of varieties. Um, and so I go to... How to Bake Everything by Mark Bittman, which is one of these like encyclopedias. It's a doorstopper. It's huge. It is something that it's like pick an ingredient, pick a recipe. It's probably in here. You can use it as a reference guide. And so that's kind of my go to. We're going to film this conversation next time because <laughs> I'm like getting the show of my life. <laughs> these books are beautiful. <laughs> I love Dory Greenspan for baking. Um, and that's another, Baking with Dory is one that I've baked out of quite a bit. She also has Dory's Cookies, which is an entire book full of cookies. And yes. so I love that. I love Claire Safisett's Dessert Person. She has a new one called What's for Dessert? And I don't like it as much as I like the first one. But Dessert Person is excellent. She has this thing where there's a scale of how hard it is and how much time it takes. So you can choose, like, I only have this much time and I have this, these ingredients. And I think the best cookbooks do that kind of thing where they have like something where it's like, here's how you can use this book because they want to be used. Heck yeah. I I get to participate now. (laughs) And it's not a new one. But salt, (laughs) salt, fat, acid, heat. Uh, I'm bringing this up now because I got it because I want to learn how to cook. And it has so many good, like... The visuals in it are are key, and like they've got um, like Venn diagrams, like every different type of diagram they've got in there, but in this really cute, like sweet, accessible way. Um, and I'm not trying to make it diminutive because it's cute, because cute holds power. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's by Samin Nasrat. I'm bringing it up too because just to mention that I I really get for the first time, Lindsay, that these what makes these books special is like the voice, yeah, the voice of the author. Um, and that's something that I feel like this book has has a lot of voice. Samin had a podcast during the earlier part of the pandemic, and it was just people would just call in and be like, "What should I do with beans?" <laughs> and she, she <laughs> amazing. There was a lot of talk about beans. We were all like cooking our pantries in the pandemic. I think, like, yeah. Well, she like goes goes through and it like, what will salt do to this item? Like, yeah. this, like, uh, like really, just super down to earth, like helpful things. I love it. Well, um, Lindsay, I'm thinking about the fact that you are someone that recommends getting a cookbook and like going all the way through it, which is beautiful and insane and why I love you. (laughs) People are thinking about like gifts to give. Um, I don't know if you have any books that you feel like like you should go like all the way through on this book um and that might be a gift someone gives us someone a gift and a challenge a gift and a challenge (laughs) so 
if I was giving, if I was giving a recommendation to Molly, for example, I would ask like, you know, have you cooked out of love soup by Anna Thomas? It's a book of all vegetarian soups. It's wonderful. It's sounds I've, soulful. I've given it as a gift uh, to friends before. Um, a friend of mine's vegetarian, and she has cooked out of it quite a bit as well. But beautiful, well-made soups. Some of them are a little bit more complicated, and some of them are very straightforward and simple. Different ways of making stock, vegetarian stock. Um, Fast, fresh, and green by Susie Middleton is another one that's very vegetable-forward. It's one of my faves. That one was pretty formative for me too. There's one called East by Mira Soda, which is pan-Asian, vegetarian, and vegan. Excellent cookbook. And then Supernatural by Heidi Swanson is a classic. She's Bay Area as well, um, all vegetarian and some vegan in there too, I think. So something like that where it's like, okay, well, what are you looking for? Um, when I think about uh, like your New Year's resolution is to cook more, Julia Tertian's Small Victories. She, Julia Small Tertian, victories. I love that title. Yeah. So she's got one called Now and Again, which is like how you like make a dish one time, then here's how you use all the leftovers. Smart. So you make a thing once and then you can use it a bunch of different ways. Small victories. I just love the recipes are super straightforward. They are like uncomplicated and delicious and very relatable. I, I love that book. There are several too that have a really Midwestern perspective, like specifically for Midwestern folks so it, it also depends a little bit on like do you want something local right yes we do <laughs> you better believe it <laughs> we've got some great local cookbooks right there are some new ones that have just come out this year so the dane county farmer's market cookbook i know is one i think do we all have that one i think we all, we have, that all have that one we all have that cookbook so good and it's fire yeah well molly you've got a background with farmer's markets what did you think of it yeah, I feel like it's one of those coffee table books that I want to give to people that love the market and like have as a memento and a keepsake of Madison. Um, a lot of the recipes were not necessarily like new to me, right? I felt like they were things they were like, yeah, this is this is good. I do this, you know, so it's kind of more of like a reminder of things that I like that are also seasonal. I really appreciated how in that book, there's a section where she's like, here's what I got from the chef. And here's what we did to make it work for you yeah. at home. <laughs> Cheers. Totally. <laughs> no, we've got to mention the Osteria Papavro cookbook because um, that one, I, it, it was the discussion with him, the chef, and the your co-writer on that book, Francesco Mangiano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally blew me away. He was like speaking about it so beautifully. It's like set up geographically is because he lived in Italy. And he's like moving from the mountains to the sea. Like it was like the most soulful food conversation I've ever had. Yeah. He's from Bologna. He grew up in Bologna, but he would summer both in the mountains and on the ocean. And so he had, you know, these family trips and this nostalgia for that. That was a lot of fun because we were we tested in, and photographed the recipes in the restaurant itself. And then I sent them all out to people to test because that's a big thing. And Therese does that with her cookbooks, too. So the Farmer's Market Cookbook has also been tested by home cooks. And I, I think that is such an important step because restaurants are not homes <laughs> and we have different size pans and, you know, different things like that where you have to say, no, 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 nobody's going to make 
12 loaves of this bread. You have to scale it down, you know, so that so that people can make it. There's a new cookbook called Wisconsin Field of Fork by Lori Friedrich that came out, I think, in October of this year. She's based in Milwaukee, but she interviewed farmers from all over the state. And there's all these great recipes in that one. Uh, Amy Thielen has a new cookbook out called Company. Her first book was The New Midwestern Table, and it was excellent. There's a Caesar salad in there with like salami that you fry in the pan that I could not stop making. I made it over and over and over and over. Um, but she has a new one company. It's organized sort of by meals, right? So it gives you like the whole, like here's all the things that you would make together. Um, Abra Barons is a chef and a cookbook author from Michigan. Her third cookbook just came out earlier this year. It's called Pulp. It's all about fruit. Her other two are Roughage, which is all about veggies, and Grist, which is about grains. Any cookbook author that has a strong sense of the upper Midwest is one that I'm immediately interested in. But those are just so beautifully focused, and they're, they have incredible designs, and they have interviews with farmers. So it's just oh, this whole amazing. kind of like narrative with the recipes and everything. And that's really lovely. Molly Ya is a Food Network person. She's a chef. She's a restaurant owner. She has a cookbook called Home is Where the Eggs Are. <laughs> Ain't um, that the truth. She's from Minnesota. <laughs> Literally um, true for me. It, yeah, I thought of you, Molly. <laughs> but just really thoughtful cooking from a, like a, from a place where I, I guess she can't get a ton of ingredients. So she's working with what she can get. And... I made a butternut squash soup with like roasted Granny Smith apples and onions. And oh my goodness, it was beautiful. Um, she's, she has some really gorgeous recipes in that in there. And again, like sort of the sensibility of, of the upper Midwest. A um, couple others that I'm really excited about right now for gifts. So Sola L. Whaley uh, has a new cookbook called Start Here. This is maybe one of the most anticipated cookbooks of the year. I picked up that cookbook, Start Here, and also a book called Signature Cocktails by Amanda Schuster. It's a cocktail book, and here's why it's great. A cocktail book, you want the indexes, the indices to be robust. So I got this vermouth. What am I going to do with it? I, I've got grapefruit juice. I want to make stuff with grapefruit juice. Like, wait, I really, I'm in the mood for a rum drink. What are my options? Like, it, it categorizes things not only by ingredient, but by, like, the bar of origin, the bartender, um, like, the style of cocktail. It the It's just, it's really, really well designed. So the cocktails, like, if you're like, oh, I'm in the, really in the mood for, like, something kind of tiki, you can find it so easily. Um, or if you have a specific ingredient that you got for something else. So that's been lovely. It is beautiful. You want a robust indice. <laughs> <laughs> You want section. And so it tells you, right? Because yes. how often are you like, well, I got this one Amaro. Well, now what do I do? Um, I am also really excited about um, Cured, which is a new book from Paula Forbes and Steve McHugh. It is on pre-order right now. Paula is a Wisconsinite who, who now lives down in Texas. So that's another one that I'm excited about. Well, um, I feel like we're going to definitely have a part two of this, y'all. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much. Uh, this is so fun. Thank you, Bianca and Molly. Thanks, Molly. Yay. I will be right back going to Lindsay's house to raid her bookshelves. Okay, bye. That's Cap Times food editor Lindsay Christians and executive producer for CityCast Madison, Molly Stentz. If you want a list of the cookbooks we mentioned in our convo, head over to our show notes. We got links for you there. (laughs) 
that's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with Remy from Ratatouille? I'm just kidding. Share it with your favorite cook in your life. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Ciao.